gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a soggy dog. Hey, welcome to Dog Talk Live. We are here from Southern Wisconsin at Soggy Acres Retrievers on our Facebook page. And trying to do at least one or two of these Dog Talk Lives a week. If you have not, please let us know what questions you have. Uh, Rules of Dog Talk Live are pretty simple. When you stop in, let us know where you're from. Again, let us know what questions you have. And if you're watching this after the fact and it's not live, you can still put your questions down as a comment and we will come back and try to answer them at a little bit later date. If you have not, please check out our podcast, the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. We are on now Amazon, Pandora, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and about six or seven more. Uh, It's a a neat podcast. It is all dogs all the time. We have usually three segments during our podcast regular podcast. We do tape these and put them on our podcast, but we'll have three segments. We have a main thought, and then we have a training tip and a hunting tip. But our podcast is growing quite fast, so if you do like it, please share it with your friends. We don't monetize it. We're not going to ask you for your money like a lot of podcasts. All I ask is that you share it with your friends and uh, give us a good rating on the platform. Uh, Some platforms have a thumbs up, some have a five-star Uh, some just have a suggestion uh, or a recommendation, please give us a good rating, share it with your dog friends. If every person invited just 10 people, think of how big the podcast would grow. And the podcast has one mission, get more people involved in the sport that we all love. So again, as you guys check in, please let me know where you're from. Let me know what questions you have. And we will try to have ourselves one heck of a good podcast today here on Dog Talk Live. So what I thought we'd start out with is we are at the end of our duck season. Now, we still have some goose hunting here left in Wisconsin, but duck season is over. Had a good year. Uh, My kids and I, uh, Clayton and uh, and Cal, uh, we we got a lot of birds. We had a lot of fun. Uh, We added a new property this year that we didn't get a great chance to learn because it uh, it got flooded but we really had a fun time starting in our teal season which is my favorite time of year because it's not that it's not cold and there's there's uh we've got a couple of spots that have uh, a fair number of birds but just the weather you don't have to worry about bad weather uh, you can pack sunscreen and a little mosquito spray and uh, you don't have to worry about getting pelted in the face by ice i know some people like the old ice pelt to the face I'm not a huge fan. I would much rather have it where uh, I'm putting uh, sunscreen on uh, because it's 70 degrees. So, again, our season went well. Uh, It ended kind of with a whimper. Uh, We ended up with birds. I'd say our mallards came down from what I could see late October, early November. 
they were still around, but they were quite stale. Uh, they had been there a long time, so they were very wary. If they were working an area, even if you weren't hunting it, you could watch them work when you were scouting. They would do six to ten passes over an area before they would commit and actually land without a hunter there. So once you put a hunter in the fray and you had yourself there, your dog there, everything else, it just it made for what weren't great hunts as far as uh, getting ducks, but still a lot of fun to watch from work. We had, uh, uh, we did not shoot any type of ducks other than teal wood ducks and mallards. I was looking forward to that with our new property that we were going to have hopefully some uh, different types of birds we we're going to be hunting. Did not get that this year. So again, like anything, when one season ends, you're always looking toward the next season. So now it is getting dogs in for training here, for gun dog training in a couple of months. Training dogs all summer, uh, getting our stuff ready for next year, and looking forward to an even better season next year. Again, please let me know what questions you have. Our Dog Talk Lives are only as good as the questions we get from uh, the viewers. So if you have anything that you've wanted to ask, go ahead and ask it. It would be great to get your uh, questions up here. We always have a lot of regulars that will ask questions. It is something that uh, I think sometimes they pity me if I'm having to talk and drone on and on because they want to give me a question. But uh, it's always fun when we get people that are new to the platform to ask things. Again, most of the questions we get are more beginner related because that is where 90 to 95% of people are at. We aren't worried necessarily about answering questions for people that are looking at real technical issues. I mean, quite honestly, a lot of the real technical questions you couldn't answer on a live. But more, we want to try to help people where we talk about the importance of obedience, e-collar conditioning, force fetch, and all of the foundational building that you do with your dog when you are doing your training. I'm going to put my email up here. If you have questions, sportingdogtv at gmail.com is my email. You can always ask us questions there and let us know uh, what we can what we can answer for you there. And the other thing I'm going to do here is, let's see here, I'm going to give you the podcast so that you can go over there. Uh, I know there are a lot of different podcast spots you can go. Uh, we picked Anchor because Anchor ultimately was the easiest one for us to uh, uh, to, to make the podcast on. It was uh, it was neat because it doesn't cost me anything, so free is good. Uh, it also uh, does a really nice job. We record it just on my phone, and it does a really good sound quality. So that's why we chose Anchor. Anchor is a neat little app. It is owned, I believe, now by Spotify. Uh, but again, we're also on Amazon, iTunes, and Pandora. So do me a favor, check it out. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you would like to hear about on our podcast. Alex from Green Bay. My chocolate lab is now just over a year from you. He's done amazing. Let's see. Amazing bird hunting, amazing family dog. May sound silly and may just come down to, to obedience, but every time I leave the house, my two dogs are alone. He always brings random items to the living room, food, dish, water, blah, blah, blah. 
super obedient in the field and outside, but this is one thing that stands out that I cannot figure out. So your dog, <laughs> your dog obviously, Alex uh, bought a dog for me, and uh, thank you for the compliment that your dog's doing great. Uh, but he said when he leaves, his dog is bringing stuff into the living room. And uh, dogs, you kind of, some of them just have different things that make them tick. Your dog probably has uh, some type of an anxiety. If you don't want your dog doing certain things in a house, uh, I will tell people when they take dogs home, if you're running with uh, running an e-collar, you can put the e-collar on in the house and correct them uh, with it. But again, see what the dog is doing as far as uh, where why he's doing it if you could figure it out i guess that would be the easiest way for for people obviously alex doesn't understand why it's going on i can't tell you either but uh you can always have uh your dog where you are uh, putting an e-collar on him telling him no you can correct him with an e-collar the other thing you do is with something like this where the dog is bringing stuff into a room uh, when you're not there try crating him for a couple of weeks if you can break him of a cycle, if uh, where that's what he's doing, two to four weeks of being in a crate may make it where he forgets why he was doing it and what he was doing. So that could be a good way for you to uh, work with the dog and work him through something. But uh, I used to have, oh my gosh, Pickett, my male, he that time broke out of his uh, his. Uh, uh, kennel. Um, I didn't latch it all the way and he pushed it open. And I still remember I went out to the kennel and he had my trifold uh, brochures, bundles of them. He had business cards. He had bumpers. He had a dock and retriever and he even had a coffee mug that he took into his kennel. So he, in his mind, thought I am going to make myself my own office, I guess. And he took it in there. So that was uh, definitely very funny. All right. Mark Klanderman asks, is it possible to fix a gun-shy seven-year-old lab? Uh, Mark, you can fix gun-shy dogs. Uh, I tell people that it is probably about a 20% uh, chance of success. What you're going to deal with, though, when you're dealing with a seven-year-old dog is you're dealing with a dog that probably has more than just gun-shy going on or probably had multiple events that led to it. Uh, you could try using noise where you are uh, maybe clapping two two by fours together while the dog's eating. Uh, you can get a starter's pistol and start at a distance. What I would do is throw bumpers for the dog, have the dog retrieving, and then every time that you throw the bumper for the dog, uh, have someone watching you from like 100 yards away shooting off the starter's pistol and slowly move closer until the dog is not under duress from it. But ultimately, at seven years old, it may just be that you need to uh, accept that your dog's a great pet and a great buddy and start working on another dog. Because quite honestly, when you're looking at hunting and investing time in a dog, uh, you get to eight to ten years and dogs generally will slow down quite a bit. So you're kind of fighting father time here. I would probably, uh, if it was my dog, but then again, I have more than one dog, but I would, I would accept the dog for what they are and have them be my buddy and then i would start with uh, another dog basically a fresh uh, clean slate this portion of the podcast is proudly brought to you by boucher automotive in janesville wisconsin jeff duffner what do you use for for tick prevention on your dogs and puppies jeff we use oh gosh we use a um 
something, a pill that you give them. Um, I used to use topicals where you'd put it on the dog. It always seemed like they would jump in the pond on me. I know they say they're waterproof after a certain amount of time, but I always worried they washed off. So now they have a lot of different uh, pills, NexGuard, uh, HeartGuard, all these different things. Uh, the one we have, I can't remember the name, but it's actually got all three. So it's got your uh, Flea and Tick, it's got your HeartGuard, and uh, it's got uh, uh, your Wormer all in one pill. So that's kind of neat. Um, but you can give it to them once a month. That is what I like. My vet said that there's really no difference between that and a topical, but I don't like topicals with water dogs because it seems like about the time you put it on them, they jump in the water. So I hope that helps. All right, good questions, guys. Keep them coming. Uh, we will do our dog talk lives for uh, anywhere between 15 to 30 minutes. So it's something where we basically get to 15 minutes, and if it's still going strong, I will keep answering questions. Otherwise, we get a, give a last call for questions just to try to make it so that we're not droning on here too long and it's not just me talking to looking at myself uh, on my computer. That is what is hard. Uh, I did TV for nine years, so I'm able to have a gift for Gab. But when you're just talking to yourself and your own face, you start to realize, wow, one, I'm ugly, and two, it's it's really a tough thing. So it is a great help when you guys ask questions so I have something that I can focus on other than looking at myself on my computer screen. I got a good one. What is the gift you're going to get your dog for Christmas? If you have one, go ahead and put it on... Uh, put it on... Uh, up as a comment so we can see the different ideas that people have for uh, Christmas gifts. That would be a neat thing. Uh, our dogs, we'll probably get them some treats. Uh, we usually get them a few toys. We have like the land of misfit toys uh, where they basically tear all their toys up. So we will occasionally go through and call the herd. But uh, we like to wait. Sometimes we'll probably wait till probably after Christmas to get toys. But you go to like the, the bargain bins and you can get like the dollar toys. Those work so much better for us because our dogs definitely go through them. There is not a squeaker that has made it more than about two days in this house usually. This part of the podcast is brought to you proudly by Mech Outdoors. All right, so again, let us know what questions you guys have. Let me know what you guys are getting your dogs for Christmas. I would love to know what your ideas are so that uh, maybe you can help us with some too. Uh, Justin, getting a membership to preserve to get around more birds than our shorts than your short season. So Justin is getting a membership for preserve to get his dogs on, his dog on more birds to extend his season. Justin, I talked about that in our podcast uh, a couple of episodes ago. I have, or I used to always be part of a uh, preserve for putting birds out for upland. I was called it my winter golf. When I was doing the TV show, then I was filming. I was gone so much that uh, my membership. I would basically use the birds all in like two days and we would just film there. And it was kind of a waste when uh, when you really look at it. But I ab absolutely have the urge now to get 
uh, a membership again or have a couple of clubs that I can go to and uh, just enjoy myself. I really, really like uh, going out for for uh, to, to preserves. I always like if there's either a restaurant or bar around where you can stop and get a drink and a burger after or if the place has food so that you can just kind of hang out, go out, shoot some birds, and then whoever you're with enjoy their company after for an hour to two hours and make a day of it. So yeah, that's a, that's a great thing to get for your dog. I think that is what I'm going to get for my dogs. I'm going to tell my wife that it's for my dog she's going to look at me and probably have uh, that uh, look on her face that most husbands get knowing that I'm probably buying it for myself but I am going to with a straight face tell her that I'm buying the dogs pheasant hunts at clubs that is what I, that's a great idea uh, let's see Jeff we got wobble wag giggle ball I have never heard of that I'm gonna have to look that up after the wobble Wag Giggle Ball. That sounds like a uh, quality, quality uh, uh, toy. Jim, Raiders getting a new Kong. He destroys everything else in about three days. Yeah, I always like Jim. I, I like getting the uh, the toys that say they're indestructible. And I would love to send pictures of those toys as they're like gutted and laying there on my floor after after uh, only several days. So yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's always funny what damage dogs can do to toys when they really put their mind to it. We have four to five labs in our house at a time. Now Rommel is pretty much uh, uh, just in 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 our bedroom and uh, not really chewing on toys. But the other ones, boy, they get pulling on toys and they get themselves wound up, and the toys do not stand a chance. Justin, okay, question here: When I take my dog hunting, she is awful in the truck, barks constantly. If I'm outside the let's bark constantly if you're outside the truck, how would you go about fixing this issue? Well, Justin, your dog is incredibly excited, so it is where the dog is amped up. You could put the collar on the dog and tell her quiet and continue telling her quiet, but I would give her that command through the window, quiet, and then the correction with the collar. Make sure she understands that vocality will get her corrected. You may get to the point where a collar would wind her up more. So then the suggestion I would have would be a crate in the back of your truck so that, one, you don't want the dog to do any damage or have a dog get excited and decide to go to the bathroom in your truck. Um, but I would use the collar first and also a crate. Chad Peterson, how we doing there, buddy? I'm with Justin buying more birds for the dog. After this coming weekend, you're almost out. Good. Good to see that your dog is uh, out there uh, doing well this year. I trained Chad's dog last year. Uh, he bought a puppy from me. Really nice dog. And uh, it's, it's always fun watching people that get their first hunting dog and get out and actually get to really start enjoying it. Chad, that is your first hunting dog, is it not? I know you've got some buddies that have dogs, but uh, if I recall, this would be your first dog you're actually handling. The fun part is... The further you get into the wonderful world of dogs, you learn the mistakes you've made with your first dog, your second dog. Heck, I even look at uh, my training methods and have things that I changed uh, 20 some years into it. So it's always it's always interesting when you look back on where you started and where you where you went. My first dog, her name was Lily Bell, and she would run me in the field. Uh, she made me look like a fool, but she was a hell of a dog and a lot of fun. Loved the hell out of her. Uh, she would run me in the field, and uh, she taught me how she wanted to be hunted. So that was always funny. Uh, let's see. Do you do much with pigeons with your dogs? Justin, I 
Usually what I will do is I have chuckers. Um, I do not use quail. I've used pigeons in the past, but chuckers are easier to get. Uh, the other thing I do is uh, during our teal season, I will keep uh, about 20 teal for dog training. And I like that bird, teal or a wood duck. Smaller duck, um, I'm not wasting as much meat either. If I get a mallard, I'd rather eat it. Uh, smaller duck, smaller on the birds when you're working with training. So I will work with that. When you guys do use birds, once you have dispatched the bird, take it after and freeze it. And then you can reuse it. So you don't have to constantly get fresh birds. and You're not constantly killing uh, fresh birds. You can take your dogs out and you can put birds in the field and use it for training upland or training marking. It's not necessarily that the dog needs to see the bird flying and shot. The dog needs to see the bird in the air and drop on a mark or it needs to find it. Uh, when you're when you're uh, teaching your quartering, so that would be my suggestion for you. Yes, I figured that was your first dog there, Mr. Peterson. It's good to hear that your dog is doing well. Next year, you're gonna have to send me all the information about how all the pictures of your uh, your dog out duck hunting, and I want to hear your duck calling too. We're gonna really put the screws to you and make sure that you understand what it is like to run a duck dog next year. That is that is that's what my goal is for you. So we are at 20 minutes. We're going to do a last call and questions. Last call. Again, if you like our Dog Talk Lives, please go to iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Anchor, and many other platforms and search Sporting Dog Adventures. We have our podcast on. I believe there are 51 episodes. Uh, I try to do like two a week. For a while there, I was getting excited and doing three or four a week. Um, we do take these Dog Talk Lives. We put it up as a Dog Talk Q&A, so we have those up as well. But I was putting up so many that I was starting to run out of topics. I'll come up with topics. I mean, constantly have them where you, where you think of stuff and you're like, that's a good thing to talk about. But I was starting to uh, get to the point where I was running out of topics in the short term. So we try to put up at least two a week, if not uh, three um, I'm not going to do one a day because I would run out of stuff to talk about real quick. Do I guide duck hunts? Uh, we used to, Jeff. Uh, we do not uh, run our guide service anymore. Um, we, uh, we're, where we're hunting, uh, we've got uh, two different properties. It's a really cool area up by a Horican Marsh, but uh, we are not doing guided hunts. If you ever are looking for uh, guided hunts, uh, there's a great place in Kansas that I just hunted with a few years ago, um, F5 Outfitters. Great dude. Uh, he does upland and waterfall, so you can always check out there. Hello, England. Good to see you check in. So that is going to be it for Dog Talk Live today. I do want to thank you guys all for the questions. Thank you for stopping by. Again, if you're watching this after the fact, please leave your question. I will come back and check. Uh, again, Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. Check us out. Rate us on your platforms. Let us know what you think. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. God bless. Sporting Dog Adventures run.